welcome to another episode. We're so glad you joined us today. I'm excited about this week. Are you? You know, God's doing great things yes, every day of the week. And uh, yes. whether so, this is your Monday or yes. your Friday, our yes. prayer is that uh, this time that you spend with us is going to be the best of times. Amen. Because um, our heart's desire is to see you grow in your relationship with God and growing your understanding of his word because it's his word mm -hmm. that has helped us the most. It is. Um, his word is life and it's life to everyone that finds it. And so, you know, I think it's important that if we're going to be Christians, we need to be word Christians. Where do you think that you would be right now if you got saved, you know, and uh, that's it, no word? I'd be defeated still. Defeated, yes, because without any, without word, we have no power. You're ineffective. You're, you're easily taken advantage of mm -hmm. by the enemy at will. Mm -hmm. You know, wordless Christians are powerless Christians. Mm -hmm. It's know? it's really important to uh, feed yourself daily. You know, and and if you're in a uh, you know in a community that doesn't have church somewhere you can go every night, or maybe your schedule doesn't allow you to go to church every night. I know for us in our ministry, we have. Uh, services twice a week so it's so important to keep feeding yourself and to keep feeding yourself the word on your own not just you know the the preacher on church on Sundays and midweek isn't there to to you know be your cheerleader to be your you know your saving grace you know he's there to help you to lead you to guide you in the things that we need to do but we have to make sure that we're doing things on our own during the week so whatever day of the week this is for you we, we come out on mondays but let's say you want you're watching it tuesday morning or wednesday or thursday whatever day it may be you're doing something right now to add to your walk with god and that's an amazing thing uh, amen we want to see you grow amen, amen. um today we're going to be talking about the blessing of grace mm -hmm. we've been covering what grace is the purpose of grace grace that's misunderstood you know what it is not you know yes. these are all powerful topics and subject matter and um, I encourage you, if you were not able to enjoy those episodes, go back into our archives. You can find them there waiting for you. But today, the blessing of grace is such an important um, subject because there's a lot of folks that they don't understand what grace is and the blessings that are truly associated with grace. Because it's more than just a salvation. It's more than just being made righteous. It's more than having the unmerited favor of God. Uh, grace and the blessing that comes with it, man, it's to invade every area of your life, physically, spiritually, financially. I mean, grace is available on every level, wherever it's needed mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. God right. didn't limit us by the grace he gave us. That's right. I know that there's so many situations in our life that we've come up against or, or uh, you know, situations, circumstances, or whatever it may be. And that's one thing that you always pray. You always pray for grace. And you always pray for mercy. You always pray for those things in whichever area it may be. And I don't know, but sometimes when you're praying and you're talking about grace, or, you're, or, you, or when you pray, you, you pray and you ask God for grace in this area, or mercy in this area. Sometimes when I don't know what to pray, just praying those two things and knowing that God's grace is in the situation Amen. and God's mercy is in the situation, it is such a just a balm to my heart because sometimes we don't know. You you know we come up against life and and things happen and we know what the word says and, and we've prayed and we've you know we've read scriptures, yeah. but we just don't know what else to say. And we and I, I know just saying Lord. Give me grace in this situation. Give me mercy in this situation. You turn back and you look at that situation. Yeah. We were just talking about that the other day. We were talking about a situation that 
we, we went through in our ministry about, I don't know, about five, seven years ago. And I said, man, baby, it was a huge financial area in our ministry. And I look back at it now and I say, wow, babe, I don't even remember the pressure. Because I, I said, I'm sure there was pressure. I said, I'm sure there was, um, you know, maybe even I was worried. I said, or maybe, I said, I don't know. Maybe I had to pray against worry and fear. I said, I don't remember. I said, you know why? I said, because grace carried us through yeah, that. You know, it was, it was good. Well, you know, when it comes to grace, you know, we've been talking about how it's the unmerited favor mm -hmm. of God. Um, it's not based on anything that you or I can do. You know, unmerited favor means that we can't earn it. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't deserve it. God gives us his amazing grace and love and mm -hmm. blessing. You know, the Bible says that, it's a, that grace is a gift mm -hmm. from God to us. And that gift is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, he gave mm -hmm. his only begotten son, who is grace. You know, he's grace in the flesh. You know, he gave him to us that, that we would have eternal life and that we would have life and that more abundantly also Jesus Christ himself had told us. And so when it comes to understanding the blessing of grace, you have to understand who grace is for. You know, the Bible says that grace is for everyone. But you'll notice right here, let's just jump right into this. Let's 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 talk about being unrighteous before we talk about being made righteous. Uh -huh. um, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, grab your Bibles, grab a, a notebook and a pen. Amen. Take some notes today. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, the Apostle Paul says this to his young protege. He says, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. I mean, let's just stop and think about that. We see that the law, the Old Testament law was not written for a righteous man. He says, mm. but for the lawless, oh, wow. the disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers. Notice he says the law was written for them. You know why? It's because without the law, there was nothing to prove that what they were doing was wrong. You can't break a law if there is no law. And the Lord makes it clear that he introduced that law because it was in people to do wicked. We were cursed, you know, by sin, born into sin. And because of that, it was in people to do wicked things. The law came later on. Because remember back in uh, Noah's day, there was no law. The law was people's consciences, and mm -hmm. their consciences had become seared, you know, they, and it was in them to do evil constantly to where, at that time, the Bible says that God repented that he'd even made man, you know, because he was he had become so distorted from what God created him to be originally in the garden. And so when things started over, you know, the law was introduced, you know, uh, when Moses had come on the scene. God, God brought that forward, you know, to to stop sin from continuing to the place it had been before, before because where there is no law, there is no restraint, mm -hmm. you know, to a degree. Mm -hmm. And so he says that the law was not made for righteous men, you know, and this is the thing it's, it was made for the ungodly, which simply means that, you know, when you break the law, what do you have to do? And pay the price. You have to pay the price. You get a ticket, you get a fine. And you know, when it comes to, the wage that's attached, you know, to breaking the the law of God, the word of God, it says in Romans 6.23, if you want to go over there. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we see that the price tag is death. 
-hmm. It's physical death, emotional death, uh, spiritual death, ultimately, you know, being totally separated from God. Um, but the wage, he says, is death. So the wage for breaking the law was death. You know, and that's why they were constantly reminded that they had to sacrifice animals and different things, you know, to try to cover, you know, up the debt. But Jesus Christ, the Bible says, you know, that his blood, it doesn't just cover our sins. It washes them away. Mm -hmm. And so we see that the price tag is death. Mm -hmm. He says, but the gift of God is eternal life mm -hmm. through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So basically somebody's going to pay the price for that sin. I'm so glad it wasn't us. Oh, Thank God it doesn't have to be it us. It doesn't have to be us. It's yeah. a choice, right? Yes. Uh -huh. You know, to where either we can choose to pay that price ourselves by not accepting Jesus Christ, not accepting what he did on the cross, and then we're left with a debt of sin, which none of us can pay. That that debt will send you to hell. That debt will send you into eternal damnation. It doesn't have to. He provided a way out for us. Yes, Jesus said, I'll pay the price. Mm -hmm. he, he took He took the... The, the, the sin upon himself, the Bible says that he that uh, uh, knew no sin became mm -hmm. sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He basically took his robe of righteousness, put it on you and I, mm -hmm. and took our sin and put it upon himself. The Bible I, says, cursed is anyone that hangs on a tree. He hung on that ugly cross, you know, with our sin. He'd never sinned before in his life, you know, on this earth. Jesus ne never broke one of the commandments, none of them. But he understood that we're going to have to pay for breaking the law. And he was willing to pay the price once and for all. One sacrifice to forever pay the debt of every sin, past, present, for and somebody future. Else, for somebody else. You know, I, I hear stories about people growing up and they would like try to get their brothers in trouble or try to get their yeah, sisters. I did that all the time. Yeah, you, you did that. And I've had friends that have said that they've done that. And I, for me, I remember my older brother taking the blame for things that I did. I remember one time I took down some huge trees, you know, uh, broke the oil pan in our car. Just, I was like 14 and driving. I shouldn't have been, but I did. And I caused a bunch of chaos. And I remember coming home and my parents were out of town and coming home. And I my, was pulling in as I, I uh, pulling in and my brother was walking out of the house. And he said, what did you do? And he knew something had happened because there was junk all up underneath the car. And I told him what happened. And he said, go inside. And he cleaned it up for me. He fixed it. When my parents came home, we didn't say anything. And then the next day, my dad came and he started yelling about the oil pan and talking about Rudy and how Rudy was constantly hitting the speed bumps at, at school and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, Rudy goes, yeah, you know. And he took the blame for me, you know. I remember doing that for my sister. She, my little sister, she broke something or she did something. We we had we grew up in a mobile home, so we would grab it and we'd throw it under the house, and we would tell her, "You don't say nothing. You don't say anything." You would hide it for her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I remember yeah. throwing myself in front of my little brother if he was going to get a spanking. Yeah. And I would say, "Dad, would that would hit me, hit me," because my mom would have to spank him for something. My mom would just move me aside and spank him. And then my little brother would cry for my mom, and I would tell tell him, "Why are you crying for her? She spanked you, you know." But it was, uh, our uh, we grew up taking the blame for each other, mm -hmm. and you know, you grew up blaming your mm -hmm. brothers, you know. But that's what Jesus did; he took the blame for us, you know. Yeah, I remember growing up as a kid, uh, you know, the middle of two brothers, you know, three brothers, uh, being the middle one. I mean, 
I remember my mom would be driving and we'd be messing around in the back seat and, and when she wanted to spank one of us, we'd just push my little brother forward. He'd always get the hand. That is so know? mean. Well. You should have been going like this, protecting your <clears throat> little brother. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's one of those things where thank God that Jesus Christ wasn't like That's that. You right. know, Jesus offered himself. He, he, he said, I lay my life down. And the reason he did that is because of his great love for us, yes. his grace, his mercy mm -hmm. for us. He he didn't want to see our lives being dominated by sin. That's right. He didn't want to see our lives being plagued with failure and always looking at the law, which was perfect. Mm -hmm. It's all the things that we should do. He wanted us to be in a place to where our merit wasn't based on how good we could behave. But it was to be based on how good that he is. Amen. You know, and we received that grace. And, you know, to where before when we were unrighteous, the law was made for us to show us that we were wrong. But Jesus came on the scene, paid the price so that we could be made mm. righteous. We shared in the last episode that, you know, your name's Eliana and you, that's who you are. You were made to be Eliana. You didn't pick your name before you were born. You you were born and you were made Eliana. Mm -hmm. And so it is with us. It's not based on anything that we can do that makes us righteous. It's the grace of God. Mm -hmm. His grace is what causes us to become righteous. We're in a right standing with the Lord. You know, in Romans 5.19. I have it right here if you want me to read Yeah, that. could you go ahead and read that? Sure. It says, for as one man... For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Just the one. Yeah. Wow. Isn't it amazing how one person, their sin could affect, it, Yeah. you know, every generation until heaven and earth pass away. Mm -hmm. And yet Jesus Christ came and he said, I'll show you love that is so much greater than disobedience. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we see right here that. You know, that obedience that he had, obedience mm -hmm. to the cross to pay that price for us. He spilt his blood to cleanse us from what pronounced our guilt and our shame. It was the it was the effects of sin. It was sin in our lives, sin on our lives. His blood came to wash us white mm -hmm. as snow of that. To where now God doesn't know us for for what we've done. He he always looks at us for who we can be, you know, to where the Bible says it, it wasn't when we got all cleaned up that we became acceptable to God. It says while we were yet sinners, when we were still doing the wrong things, going the wrong way, that Christ died for us. And that's just something that sometimes is hard to wrap your, your mind around that. That, you know, it, it's one thing for you to want to die for somebody that you love and someone that has treated you well. It's a whole other different thing when you are willing to die for someone that you're a, that's a stranger to you or someone that has done you wrong, treated you bad. Mm -hmm. You know, well, you wouldn't want to. Yeah, I mean, it's not in you to do it. Mm -hmm. But thanks be to God, you know, who gave us Jesus Christ, who has shown us that there ain't a, there's no greater love than you could have than when you're willing to lay your life down for somebody else. Only grace in your life can bring you to a place to where your heart changes, mm -hmm. to where yes. you're no longer caring about yourself. You're caring about others. And that's truly what Jesus Christ was showing us on that cross, you know, and there's. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say that grace um, sometimes, and I know for myself that I've had to forgive people for things that, that have been done to me. Yeah. And I've had to forgive people uh, without them ever even asking me for forgiveness. You know, mm -hmm. I forgave them and um, they still say and do the same things that they've always done. But because of grace, I've forgiven them. 
because and they've never even asked for it. it they're, they're, it's not merited. They're still doing the same things that they've done. It's not merited. It's not um, understandable that I would. But because of grace, I can forgive them and keep going. Yeah, and when you understand that the, the loving, forgiving power of Almighty God, um, you know, you understand what Jesus meant when he was on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. He says, they know not what they do. I remember that's what the Lord told me when I was dealing with forgiving people that had hurt me because hurt people hurt people. And I remember just telling the Lord, Lord, I don't know how to forgive. Mm -hmm. For unforgiveness was the hardest thing for me as a Christian to get set free from. I thought it would have been the drugs, the drinking, mm -hmm. the attitude, the rage that I had in my heart. But it was the unforgiveness. It was, it was learning how to forgive. It was learning what was forgiveness. And I remember, that, I mean, this is where grace really showed up. Because I began to experience grace for others when I began to understand grace for myself. Mm. Because I remember just going, God, I hate these people. And I'm saved. I'm in ministry. And, you know, young in ministry. And I'm like, Lord, I hate them. I want to hurt these people that hurt me. And I remember the Lord told me, he said, Josh, you need to pray for them the same way that I prayed for you. And I'm like, how did you pray for me, Jesus? He goes, Father, forgive Josh. He doesn't know what he's doing. And when he told me that, let me tell you something. His grace, his strength came over my effort to forgive, my ability to forgive or my inability to forgive. His grace came in where I had run out. I'd come to the end of me. I'm like, God, I can't forgive. But he showed me, you can't. But in me, you will. Yeah. And I really feel like that was a big test because, I mean, I don't know if any of you watching it have ever struggled with unforgiveness. And you may say you didn't like somebody. You may say that I don't like that person. I don't like to be around that person. But I can tell you from knowing this man for a long time, it wasn't the fact that he didn't like somebody or it wasn't the fact that he didn't want to be around them. It was like a true hate. Oh, hate. I rage. He, Blackout he, rage even he sometimes. He hated. You hated people. If they did something wrong, if you... Uh, if they were good to you, then you love them, you know. But if they did something against you or somebody you loved, you loved it was a hate that would come on you. And I, I can never understand that amount of passion for hate because I can honestly say, sinner or not, I've never hated anybody in my life. And uh, even even when I was young, you know, somebody tried to hurt me, and I can never say that I even hated that person. It was more of an under not understanding, but true dislike. Don't want to be around him anymore. But... As far as hate, when you can hate somebody that much, unforgiveness is like an anchor in your soul. And when you you understood grace for yourself, but isn't that funny how God how God showed you how much grace He had for you, and because He showed you how much grace He had for you, you were able to give grace to others. Yeah, well, and one and it's in the Bible tells us that you know if we can't forgive others their trespasses, how is God going to forgive us ours? You know, because we've done more wrong to God than anybody's ever done to us. And that's the reality is that, man, we've sinned against God more than anybody has ever sinned against us. Mm -hmm. So who are we to say, uh, God forgives you, but my standard's much higher. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to come to a place where I had to realize that forgiveness, number one, is not a feeling. It's mm -hmm. a choice. That's right. So I had to choose to forgive um, and pray that the feelings would come later. The other thing I had to do was I had to lean on God's grace. Mm -hmm. I had to lean on his ability to take over my ability to be able to do such a thing, mm -hmm. to be able to forgive and, 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 
and really mean it to where when that person's name was mentioned or if I seen them, the first thing I thought about wasn't what they did wrong to me. That's when you truly know that you've been forgiven. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is that forgiveness isn't always for the sake of, you know, the benefit of somebody else. It's for the benefit of helping you. Because you can never, possibly never see that person again. Yeah. But it's you can still take it with oh. you if you don't allow grace that, inside. That, that person's at home asleep at night, yes. you know, having the best rest, and you're all fidgety and upset at home, pulling your hair out, you know, about how upset you are at what they did, and they don't even know you're mad at yeah. them. You know, and sometimes oh. it's like that, you know? So true. But look what it says right here in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. This goes right with what we're talking about. You know, where God's, you know, where you run out, God's grace runs in. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, the Apostle Paul was talking about, you know, how there was things that he dealt with, you know. And he said unto me when he prayed and asked the Lord, you know, the thorn in the flesh thing. He, the, he prayed for the Lord to remove it. And the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ or his grace may rest upon me. Because... When the Lord steps in and His grace is, is, is activated and operating in your life, the places where people know you you fail, you, you fall short, when they know your limits and all of a sudden you're able to step out and do something that is so beyond what you could ever do, when they see you behaving in a way that you never would have been able to have behaved before or handle something in a way that you never would have been able to handle it before, when they see Christ showing up, what Christ would do, it, it brings God glory. So it's like in, my, in that place where it's like, God, I can't do this. You know, and that's where the, the letter of the law, it, it killed. God, I can't do this. That's when God was saying, take my hand. Mm -hmm. Let me help you. Mm -hmm. And he helps us to step over to the other side. And we do it through grace. Mm -hmm. Amen. To where it's a good thing to run out of yourself mm -hmm. because it really gives him an opportunity to show himself for who he truly is, Amen. the God that loves you. Amen. Amen. It's just such a blessing, you know. Amen. And so I just think that it's important, amen, that you understand today that regardless of where you're at, you know, me and Eliana, we've both been in situations where we didn't have the ability to accomplish things. We didn't have the ability to change things. And it's in those moments where we had to really just fall on Christ, mm -hmm. fall into his amazing grace and say, Lord, I give it all to you. And his grace is what would carry us to that, 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 that place that we needed to be. Grace, grace can do for you. Grace is the unmerited favor. And grace could do for you what money cannot. Yeah. You know, grace brings opportunity, job. It, it opens doors for you. Yesterday, I got, we got a text message from our niece. And um, it's just amazing. She texts us, and she'd been believing for certain things on her job. She, she texts us and let us know that uh, her boss came up to her and said, you know, I've really been noticing these areas. Um, uh, you just, you know, basically you're stepping up your game in these areas. Yeah. And she said, yes. He said, you know, he said, I'm going to create a job for you. I'm going to create a job for you. Yeah. And, and we were just so happy for her. And I said, I said, this job was created for you. I said, you, I said, favor was on you your so much because everybody is like favor, grace, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, um, one of the things I said to her, I said, you know, I said, God created a door that you didn't even know was there, you know? He's faithful like that. You know, I'm telling you, put your expectation out there. Amen. Let the grace of God open up doors for you. 
you might say, well, I don't qualify. Let me tell you something. Favor is not fair. That's right. And when it is on your life, man, it will do for you what nobody else can do. It could do for you what money cannot do. That's right. Amen. We love you. We call you blessed. And we look forward to seeing you guys again in another episode of Kingdom Concepts. Kingdom.